what if I told you guys it was way worse than you thought it was? <laughs> in terms I, I of, I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> in terms right. of what? In terms of what Schneider wanted to bring to the to this? It starts with the death of Superman, followed by um, Lois Lane being impregnated by Batman. Uh, but yeah, EK, you tell us where to go. We can we can jump into the cons now, cause uh, cause there are, there are some yep. cons to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, we we already brought up the runtime, which uh, yeah, it's the movie is too long. It's uh, it, it's it's far too long, and I think the only thing I'll really add to that is the fact that I think that introducing um, the Flash and Aquaman in this movie uh, wasn't a good idea. Because it, uh, it, it takes too much time and it expects you to be familiar with the characters before, before they really introduce them. So I think that to, one thing they could have done to reduce the runtime of this movie was actually to release the Aquaman movie and the Flash movie before getting to this. And then just use this movie to introduce Cyborg. And then that would have been a much smoother progression of uh, of, of stories, um, and and yeah, they they did add in this movie. They did add a lot of scenes, like you know, um, I guess contextualizing the stuff that happens in the Aquaman movie, which comes which came after Justice League, um, because Justice League was twenty seventeen, and Aquaman came out in twenty eighteen. So. They they right. retroactively like added a lot of stuff in there, so that's one thing that I will say about the uh, the runtime of the movie. Aside from that, the other um, I guess biggest con for me was actually the villains of the movie, um, and at least at least for me, like I'm always like the bottom line of like these movies and things is usually comes down to the villains, and. Um, so I guess starting with, with Steppenwolf, you know, I guess the main sort of main villain of the movie, they managed to like add a little more detail to him and they made him look more interesting, but overall he wasn't that much better. He was like a tiny bit better, but not that much better to the point where I thought, yeah, this is interesting. Um, I, I always found myself just waiting for Darkseid to show up. Um, when uh, when Steppenwolf was around, I I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that was just me. I think I just noticed the moment where uh, Rusty pulled out a new beer. Is that uh, is that uh, what just happened there? It's that time of night. <laughs> I did, and I was and I was gonna open a can, but then I decided I didn't want that can, so I grabbed a bottle, which is not as loud when you open it. But yes, I did. I did open a beer. Thank you, because I, I uh, as, as uh, EK knows this, just about every podcast there is uh, either a beer or uh, I've made old fashions on them. But uh, and today, uh, in observance of Lent, I'm not drinking until Easter, so um, that's the hence the sparkling water and the espresso here. <laughs> but thank you for I'm, I'm, that. I'm happy to be your proxy today, and I'll have some beer in your, in your, on your behalf. No problem. <laughs> cheers, cheers to you, my friend. Cheers, cheers to this team being here. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, uh, oh, by the way, this is a good moment, actually. It is uh, m approximately midway through. Um, Rusty, it's time. Please 
Justin uh, has a podcast of his own. Please uh, tell us the name and, and where we can find that awesome podcast of yours. Well, that's lovely. That's lovely of you guys to ask, actually. Yes, um, I have my own uh, film podcast called Filmed Obscura. Um, it's hosted by myself and my friend Chris Herter. And uh, you can find it where you look for your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, we basically tackle two obscure, could be older, could be newer, horror thriller type films. We talk about them. We go on tangents. We try to drink local beer. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good time of, of virtually nothing. And I'm hoping to have you guys on there once I can find a good, obscure, superhero-esque horror movie that's not so mainstream that we can all discuss. So thank By you. By all means, be, please. Yes. And you've also, made, uh, you've also made your own horror films as well. Hopefully you, you talk about those at some point. I'm assuming you filmed enough horror scenes and enough. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, talk about those, I don't talk about those films on the podcast itself because they don't have that kind of release. But thank you. And I've made, made my films with you, worked with Etienne on stuff. And uh, I'm, right. continuing to, I'm continuing to work on what I can work on Heck as yeah. best I can. Um, I, I anticipate the, being killed for the eighth or ninth time. In one of your movies, you know, if <laughs> I, I can fit it, it. <laughs> if I if I can fit it in, I'm gonna murder you in a movie. That's that's usually priority if it works. Unfortunately, that's right. Uh, that's right. It's not as easy right now to to get people together to murder you. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. We'll figure it out. We, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yep. If anyone if anyone wants to hear us ramble about obscure movies that most people don't care about, go check out Filmed Obscure. It's a good one. <laughs> Please do, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, how did you feel about uh, Steppenwolf and the other characters here, Desaad and ultimately Darkseid, of course? Um, from from my perspective, I agree with Etienne a lot, actually. Um, I didn't think they improved Steppenwolf quite as much as I'd hoped they would. I do think that the improvement was good, though, and I think that he, he did look better. He looked sharper. I thought he... I thought I thought that knowing why he was doing what he was doing to try and get back in Darkseid's good graces at least gives him somewhat of a plot and a little bit of a connection to him, a little bit. But ultimately, he still kind of was the same thing that he was in the theatrical version, just a little more fleshed out. I also was hoping for more Darkseid. And I was hoping that Darkseid would be as cool as Thanos is in the Marvel <laughs> Universe. I'm not so sure that Darkseid is quite the Thanos that I was hoping he would be. Certainly um, not. <laughs> but we also didn't get a lot of him. We got, you know, a, more of a half introduction. Whereas, you know, we've seen a lot more Thanos, of course, through the Avengers movies and stuff. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I liked it better. I was happier that they fleshed him out. I liked his armor better. I thought he was a little more vicious in this one. Um, Steppenwolf I'm talking about. Um, sure. I like that we did get to see Darkseid um, in the past and then also come, like start to approach. But, yeah. No, I mean, it was... Honestly, the villain was kind of middle of the road for me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I totally agree things. about... Uh, I totally agree about Darkseid, too. Like, because especially since with the... With the teasers and uh and trailers for this movie uh he's pretty much front and center like they're letting you know hey dark side is gonna be here hey get ready for dark side and um and yeah we don't 
I'm pretty sure I counted it and we don't even see him reference until like 40 minutes or like an hour into the movie, something like that. Um, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, the only time that we really see him in action is when he's, he's getting his, his butt kicked by like, um, <laughs> by like Amazon. By Ares, right? and like, he, yeah. By Ares, the villain in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. Like, she by, ends up kicking right yeah. his ass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, oh, okay. I mean, and so my thought, like, going into, I guess, the climax of the movie was that it's going to be, oh, that's why this is, um, justifies the runtime, is that it's going to be, like, a whole other section where they're just fighting Darkseid. And um, when they got to the end, that. yeah, like, when, when they got to the end and they had just barely finished with Steppenwolf, I was like, oh, that's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> yeah it's, it's so funny you say that it's exactly what i thought i thought two things i thought oh crap we're actually not going to see a fight with dark side we're just going to see them set up dark side for what may for what you know everyone wants to be a second justice league movie but i don't know if we're going to get that and you know what else i thought i thought of x-men apocalypse and how apocalypse was not represented in the full awesome oh. way that he could have been represented because ah. he is you know he was huge. in the x-men huge. world he's a huge character like thanos yeah. or dark side he is and the thanos did... of the mutants yeah we've talked exactly. about that extensively on this pod yeah yeah and and watching that movie which to be fair i don't hate that movie but he was not nearly as cool as he could have been and i thought initially watching this i'm like crap did they kind of just like apocalypse dark side and you know by seeing him get his butt kicked by aries and then coming off all the things we got with thanos you know which marvel did well it's, it's they like, also had 10 they had how many how many years to to build up to it right true and that's the thing <laughs> and mean, that, that goes that goes back to etienne's point before too which i wholeheartedly agree with is that they could have spent a little more time building up to Justice League. They didn't have sure. to, you know, wait eight movies. Like, you know, not Marvel didn't wait eight movies, but, you know, Marvel had a couple solo films for their core Avengers to know they needed that in order to get into the Avengers. Right. Whereas DC gave us Man of Steel, jumped right into Batman vs Superman, which is already introducing fans to a brand new Superman when we all just came off Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale's Batman, which I would have loved to have seen him in this universe as opposed to Ben Affleck at that time. <laughs> I like Ben Affleck now, though. And then, as Etienne said, I think it would have been so much more beneficial to give us an Aquaman and a Flash movie, something where we have a better realization, and then start peppering in Darkseid building up dark side more of course maybe show a little bit of that old fight in wonder woman or or you know link it that way with the amazons and show that yeah he's vulnerable but then he's going to come back even more vicious to give us more of that revenge story that dark side should potentially have which is what i think they were alluding to in in this movie that he's i know he wants the antimatter which i'm sure we'll, we may dive into but he also wants revenge on the planet that he didn't end up taking at least that was something I interpreted it to be. And it, we didn't get that buildup. So then we're just kind of thrown into this. And in this movie, we're thrown into Darkseid. And you're supposed to think Darkseid is the Thanos of the DC Universe. And I just don't think that they quite fulfilled that, that aspect as well as they could have. 
which was yeah which is a shame and ultimately leads it ultimately leads to you know maybe a little bit more lackluster villains who would you cast as dark side if you were to lead up that way if it was going to be a build up a few movies development villains the whole thing i'm just I mean, curious if you have anyone in mind <laughs> i mean he was heavy cg um right so I guess we're, so, we're really going voice also. We're going voice kind of like... We're going uh, voice, but I mean, let's face it also. I mean, you had the... the there, 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 was, there was voice, there was, there was expression, less so in Apocalypse, but certainly with Thanos, you knew it was Bolin. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah that's true, especially in the later... They, especially in the They did a good job. They made him huge, too. They made him appropriate in size, whereas Apocalypse looked like he was two inches shorter than me in the X-Men movie, so... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. You may have to circle back to me on that. I got to think about that. I think. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious. We talk about that frequently. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on actually to the uh, the epilogue because uh, there's sure. a lot to talk about there as well. Right. So, what really takes up the majority of the last what what was it 20 minutes of this movie was um. Right. I guess a not a dream sequence, but like a foreshadowing of of things which um, I guess he originally planned to come, but I guess which aren't happening anymore since Zack Snyder came out and said that he's not making any more of these movies. But um, but yeah, so basically they have they follow back up with the nightmare sequence that uh, that Batman had gone through in Batman vs Superman. And, you know, also with, you know, the whole Flash coming through the Speed Force to, like, warn him and, and all that stuff. So that finally gets um, addressed here at the end of this movie. And right. we find out that it is a uh, post-apocalyptic future where uh, where Superman has uh, has gone berserk and joined Darkseid and um, basically uh, ended the world. And it's up to Batman, Mara, Deathstroke the flash cyborg um and the joker to stop him and everyone else is dead which is just how Zack snyder likes it um <laughs> so uh so i i thought it was an interesting addition to it you know kind of going the kind of combining injustice and flashpoint together um which is an interesting combination of um of of stories to do um and then also kind of, you know, being a bit of a send-off for the the universe in a way. Like this is this is pretty much the last that um we are scheduled to see of of the Snyderverse. So I guess it kind of just feels like he's getting his last hurrah in before, you know, he, he packs it in. But um yeah, I don't know. What 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 do you guys think about it? My thoughts on the epilogue were I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, I ultimately did not need it, and I was I would have been perfectly happy with them just ending the movie after the sixth part. Uh, I liked it because it was kind of fun, and it certainly gave you a taste of what a nightmare movie could be, which could be a lot of fun. I find something really different that really hasn't been done before. But overall, I don't think it was necessary. I think it was ultimately um, a tactic that Zack Snyder 
used to maybe have a small chance of getting to do his second part of the Justice League that he originally planned for. Um, I know he said in an interview when people asked, why are you ending it like that on a cliffhanger? He said people wanted to see my vision, so that's what I gave him. And I appreciate that. You know, he still included it because he wanted to show people what he had in store. Um, I do like that they used the whole dream aspect to also be able to just not do it if they don't want to, you know, and just chalk it up to Bruce it being a dream that Bruce Wayne had. Um, thought that was that'll work if they want to go with that route, which sounds to me like like Warner Brothers is done with the Snyderverse, like you said, Etienne. So we're probably not getting back to it. Um, I didn't love the interaction between Batman and the Joker. Mm. I I don't know why. I don't really have a good reason why. I just it had I a weird sexual energy to it. I'll say. I'm not the. I I don't. I don't have a problem with Jared Leto's Joker. I just don't really buy Jared Leto's Joker, mm-hmm. and I didn't really. I didn't. Imbr- I didn't feel the the real conflict between them. You know, like the Joker and Batman have this ongoing. He's like his main arch nemesis. You know, this this conflict and this animosity towards each other. I personally didn't feel it between them. Um, that doesn't mean Jared Leto, Jared Leto, excuse me, didn't do a great job. I thought he, I thought he, you know, he did the best he could with the way he plays his Joker, but it just it didn't really work for me. All of it wasn't a hundred percent necessary, in my opinion. Yeah, but it doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I mean, it, it was still cool to see the nightmare sequence. It would be cool to see a movie if they were able to pull that off. I would certainly watch it, of course. <laughs> yeah, I would say we'd so. have to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I'll be the first one to pay money and go see it. But <laughs> of course, of course. I also, I also, I'm okay if they don't do it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, at least in terms of Joker, I did, I did like the Joker here more than Suicide Squad, um, basically because. He, he actually wasn't trying as hard, and that's why I was like, okay, this is actually watchable. Because in in Suicide Squad, he was doing the whole, like, gangster thing and, like, trying to play it up super hard, and it's just really cringy. So at least here, it was at least watchable. Um, that, w- that was my biggest takeaway from, uh, from his performance here. I was like, okay, so at least we know what it would look like if um, it wasn't being you know overdone terribly um but you have said on this podcast though that leto is your favorite joker no i'm just making sure you have yeah. i know oh, we've, we've yeah, got into course. that of course yeah <laughs> right. you know that's why all i critique right. because i love um <laughs> but uh but yeah i i also thought that the interaction was strange on both ends of it so like i said like i um almost jokingly said before joker's um had like a weird sexual energy to it this time where he was talking about like giving batman reach arounds and stuff like that um (laughs) so that that was really iffy for me um and then i think we also noted it before but you know batman also saying that he's gonna fucking kill joker like that that didn't sound like batman that sounded like Zack snyder so um (laughs) i that so that was what i didn't like about their interaction there um 
but yeah, like you said, Justin, if, if it existed fine, but, um, but yeah, you know, if not nothing lost, uh, I don't, I don't know how you feel, Johnny, you can, you can chime in. (laughs) You, you, you hit it right on the head when you said right there that that's Snyder speaking. Okay. Through Batman. Okay. Maybe, maybe, understandably, I get it. Scripts in the previous one. Batman might say, oh, shit. He might curse. But I'm sorry. Um, Schneider's really hell-bent on taking whatever worlds he's bringing to cinematic life and turning them upside down and, and burning them and then filming what's happening afterwards, <laughs> like filming the world thereafter. There is no daylight in any Schneider films. If there is, it's pouring rain or uh, it's a fucking graveyard scene. It's a, it's a, it's a funeral. It's something, to, it's, it's something horrifically sad and people are somber and they're walking through. At best, you've got Lois Lane walking to uh, the gravesite to go see Superman. And it's pouring, right? That is his daylight. That is as close as it gets. Um, it, it, for, it, it is reminiscent of the animated series, but there's no hope. There's nothing happy. There's no fun. There's nothing charming, <laughs> which is it, it, it cries out for something else. It cries out for a different for me. Like I said, as a, uh, as, as a as a producer working with both you guys, for example, and a writer, um, um, it would be such a great way to have uh, a direct to have his vision brought to life and then say, OK. Zach, we got your vision now, but we're going to make it a little more appealing. A little bit. Not necessarily with the cheesy one-liners, but do something else. Bring in another director. Bring in someone else. But here, this is the apex of that. And I've got two major problems with it. Um, One, it's not just Snyder talking through the characters, but it's, like you're saying, Rusty, that he's kind of, uh, he's throwing it out there. He's building up some more hope, some more buzz in the attempt to have a, a million fans or 10 million fans come up and say, restore the Schneiderverse, bring it back. We could, this is, these are also, by the way, the same fans who, how many years ago, five or six years ago, uh, put da- Dawn of Justice on a, on a stick and roasted yeah. it right, no, left it, and right. Fans so destroyed that movie, destroyed it. Okay, I don't know how many of those fans were out there saying we loved it. I loved it. There are parts of it I got a problem with, admittedly. But the rest of them, and it, but it's and it's dark as shit. It's 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 superheroes who are in their darkest possible lights, which is not what people want to go out and buy comic books for, quite yeah. frankly. Um, also, with major characters one. dying for no particular reason, like uh, just to, um, sorry to cut you off, but just to, no, please, please, yeah, Im- just to input that I hate how he takes characters that. Um, we know and love from the source material and just nonchalantly kills them in his movies like Jimmy Olsen and Mercy Graves. Um, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I hate that so much about how he works. Um, sorry to interrupt. That's I just wanted to. No, no, that. no. I love it. It's 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 a fact that is it's it's not just. And, and yeah, so he, he kills off those guys uh, or Mercy is their girl. I know that. But but um, he's also ripping apart this world. So here he is. As a filmmaker attempting to, to, to A, change the, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, he's changing the fiber of the characters. Um, for me, that's a problem, and I'll get to that. But before that, as a filmmaker, he is, he is, he is trying to build up this world 
um, where the world should end. I respect Nolan with his trilogy because he very clearly ended it. And uh, I think, if I, if I understand correctly, Warner Brothers wanted to bring, uh, they wanted to do a fourth one. They wanted Bale to sign on. Bale was out. Okay, and I respect him as an actor for doing it. But I respect the director saying, okay, I got three movies. I made my vision, and that's it. And now I'm going to do some other shit. And I'll be a part of it. I'll help you guys out with Man of Steel. I'll help you guys out going forward. But here's Snyder, who's, quite frankly, uh, if it was a three-hour episodic, if it was a three-hour film, take out that aspect of it, and you've got a nice little gift. You've got to wrap it up in a bow, and it's part. It, it, is it perfect? No, but it's, it's, it's his vision. Now it's... From what little you guys went to school for this, and you you learned what it is to write a film, and from what I understand, you've got the you've got a very basic recipe. Um, you've got the, the the what the hell's it called the, the the turn back scene where you think everything's everything's gonna fall apart, and then it all comes back, and we're all good, and life is good, the the, the heroes prevail, and then you see them, you know, doing their thing. You see Bruce Wayne and. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Selena Kyle. You see uh, Bruce Wayne and Catwoman in Paris, right? You you get that nice little ending. You don't have Batman and, and Snyder. Batman, he's doing that, and then he's also building up this other world. <laughs> like if Snyder made that trilogy, right? That's it's it's unnecessary. It's it's it's, and I think it does fans a disservice because it's 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 tickling them, saying, "Oh, I got this. We, we're going to do more." Um, uh, that's that's my business aspect of it that I don't like. Um, don't get me wrong. I love seeing anything brought to life. It's a what if series. It's a what if story that is brought to life. But here, um, he's also making, like you said, you said Flashpoint and Injustice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Etienne, those two. If you're going to make Flashpoint, then pitch it as Flashpoint and make Flashpoint. Clearly, he's trying to do that. And he's trying to, 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 to shove it through into this film it's not necessary if it's Flashpoint. And, and this is my number one problem with him turning Batman into a killer. Um, that is the fiber that I'm talking about. That is a major problem for me. And I know if you read about it, you see Snyder's interviews. He loves to say it. He's like, oh, okay. If your Batman doesn't kill, well, that's cool. If you think the world is all cheery and happy and your Batman's never going to kill anybody, that's great. That's that's the, sorry. That's not how it is in this world. All right, the world is the world is dark. The world is gloomy, and everybody is is, is embodied by this trauma, and everyone should kill. <laughs> like everyone should kill. Everyone should be killed. Like yes. So he's taking a part of Batman and 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 changing it to such a level. I mean, I wrote it's 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 taking. To, to make Batman a killer, uh, you could take the muscle out of Superman. Make him a completely scrawny. Oh, no, excuse me, not the muscle. Take the flight out of Superman, right? We kind of do have that. We have Superboy. Take the, the muscle out of the Hulk. Make the Hulk just a regular green guy, right? Who maybe can fight, you know, but what is he? He's a, he's a, 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 a ninja charged by radiation, charged by gamma rays. Or uh, make Wonder Woman a man. Is that the same? Do we think of Wonder Woman the same if... He's a guy from Themyscira, right? Um, this is the book that I read that I've talked to you guys about, Batman and Psychology. This guy's a professor. Uh, I forgot where he teaches this course, but he indicates, many who research the impact of losing one's parent or parents 
when old enough to know about it, rank that as the single most stressful common life event children can experience. He turns this into becoming the Batman, and he never, ever decides. We know of moments in the comics and the cartoons where he does confront that. He met it many, many times. He says, Do, should I kill the Joker? The Joker's caused so much pain, take, taken away so much. But he doesn't do it because he doesn't ever want to make any child experience what he experienced. So yeah. To me, it's a, that's, that's a, it's a major flaw. It's something that uh, it's changing the fibers here that I disagree with. Yeah. So, so. I, have, I have a couple of just piggybacks that I 100% <laughs> agree with John on a couple of things here. And I just want to reiterate that... You make some very good points. And I think the points that you're making were a lot of the reason why a lot of fans, myself included to some small degree, did not care as much for some aspects of Man of Steel and for a lot of aspects of Batman versus Superman. Sure. Sure. I think you're absolutely right. I think, number one, Batman has always been known to have that code that he does not kill. Right. He'll break someone's arm. He'll break someone's leg. He'll put you in the hospital. But he doesn't kill you. Right. Yeah. So I agree not since, like, the golden I, age, yeah. I, 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 What's that? Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, like, yeah, he hasn't killed somebody since like the golden age when, um, like when he very first came out and he like used to have a gun and he worked in New York City. Right. Um, right. but then yeah, any every other iteration oh. of the character, like you said, he doesn't kill people. Sorry. That's well, my other and point. In, in Flashpoint too, like go to Thomas Wayne. You know, he was exactly, the, exactly. The That's anti what I wrote. Batman by having guns and killing people and stuff. Right. So, yes, you absolutely. I just I agree with that wholeheartedly. Did I ever really like that about Batman? No. Did I even like that about Superman and Man of Steel where he ends up killing Zod? You know, that was a big um, questionable choice that Zack Snyder made in that. And big time Superman fans like Jesse never liked that as much you know he'll justify it till he's blue in the face because he likes man of steel but we all know <laughs> superman really is he's like a captain america you know he doesn't sure just sure. kill batman doesn't either so i 100 percent agree with you on that another thing i just want to say is that regarding the epilogue as i said i i sure if you want to make a movie i'm totally going to watch it i would i did like the martian manhunter part of it I think they could have moved that part of it to the end of part six, you know, where Martian Manhunter shows up at Bruce Wayne's house mm -hmm. at the end after he wakes up from the dream. I did like that. But the rest of it, I think it's all it's all um, fan service to some degree that wasn't really necessary. And as someone who has the consistent battle of figuring out what the hell I'm supposed to cut out of movies... And how am I supposed to edit this down? And what can I sacrifice? <laughs> what can I not sacrifice? I think the nightmare sequence could have been sacrificed, even though I know he really wanted to give people Batman and the Joker. And he went in on interviews saying that's basically why he did it, because he thought the fans deserved to see Ben Affleck and Jared Leto have that interaction. Right. And it was Which, such a weird interaction. I agree with you. It was such a weird interaction. It is, it it's was, not it Batman. Weird. It's it, it, I agree. There's homoerotic elements. It's not. It's not. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and you're making a point that I wrote. Exactly. I said, what happens if a parent, uh, if a, 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 a noble uh, city, like, like the, the guy who runs the city, the doctor sees his kid, uh, excuse me, is killed. In front of his, uh, uh, along with his wife, in front of his child, 
you get Batman. You get this. You get this. This agent of vengeance who never wants to bring that again to another child. To another child. What happens if that father is the one who sees his son get killed in front of his wife uh, and his wife? You basically get the Punisher, which is Thomas Wayne, which is Flashpoint. Is yeah, which works. <laughs> right? Which works. Uh, that of makes... course. Of course. And being a big Punisher fan, like I get the antiheroes that do kill. It's not that I'm saying that. I dislike, you know, I, I don't want to see certain aspects of that. But, I mean, even Hawkeye in Avengers Endgame, he's killing all kinds of people as Ronan. That's right. I mean, come That's on. right. Yeah, yep. Marvel you know, has it's... no qualms about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I was fine with it. Yeah, aside, well, aside mean, but, from but, Spider-Man, but Mar- it's, all, it's all free game. But Marvel's characters yeah. do. I mean, yeah. the, you're right, you're right. The Avengers is a different thing, and maybe... Is that maybe that has something to do with Whedon? I don't know, but... Uh, but but, like but no, said, we know, we know Daredevil doesn't and, kill. Right? There's Batman canon that says Batman doesn't kill. Yeah. Right. And it's a code that he lives by. And it, that's one of the things that I think that was my wraparound point. Is I figured that, it out. That's one of the things I think that makes Zack Snyder so polarizing to many fans and many people is because he makes these choices that of I course. don't have a problem with a lot of them, but he makes these choices that ultimately can be very polarizing for fans. Right. Yeah. The nightmare sequence is one of them. I mean, yeah. most yeah, of course. Tra- most filmmakers will say, or film just film watchers will say, I didn't need that. What does that really do for us? If anything, it does give us hope of something that probably won't happen. Sure. So now, so now we're all going to sit here and be like, well, I wonder what, what are we going to get <laughs> Snyderverse. the Snyderverse? <laughs> yeah, we're the Snyderverse. So you know, I just, go, I, re- you know? I realized something. I realized something. I think uh, I, I, I've, I've, the other thing I wrote here is that Schneider is speaking through his characters. Listen, I've created, I'm, I'm creating superhero characters. I've got a world of Ferris comics coming to the, the phones and uh, YouTube's hopefully soon. Uh, theaters near you, if, if I'm lucky. But um, I'm making these superhero characters. Schneider can do the same thing. I mean, there are dark characters. He can create them himself. He can get a writer to, to come up with his ideas, or just do Watchmen forever, or just do I don't know Priest. I'm thinking of other dark, ridiculously dark super characters. Um, but the other weird factor, maybe, maybe this is Affleck. Affleck was a daredevil who kills. So maybe that's Affleck's little rider in all his contracts. When he acts, he has to kill. So that's it. Like, you know, I'm wondering maybe. Uh, it's, it's a little weird. So, yeah. All right. So what if, what kills? if. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's so true, which is like. Just, just so crazy to see like how it's how it's journeyed from from one to the other. But um, but so I was going to ask. What if I told you guys it was way worse than you thought it was? <laughs> in terms I, I of, I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> in terms right. of what? In terms of what Schneider wanted to bring to the to this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I oh, I, I, I can only imagine. <laughs> what? Actually, yeah, I, I would be very curious. <laughs> All right. I, uh, so Bat, Bat, Batman Batman uh, finds the, uh, the 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 children of every one of his criminals and shoots the babies in the face. What what what, what could be worse? I don't know. Where do they go with uh, that? So um, so this directly ties into the nightmare sequence and the entire story surrounding it. So okay. um. <clears throat> so basically what the nightmare sequence is is that um superman and dark side team up and you know enslave humanity right that's like what we see but there's an entire backstory to that which we don't see um that is hinted at 
And um, it starts with the death of Superman, followed by um, Lois Lane being impregnated by Batman. Ah, yes, yes. (laughs) This I I did read about this. They were supposed to be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's right. That's right. And that's completely alluded to in the movies. And then, and then later on, um, Superman, I mean, Batman finds out that she is pregnant and he's so distraught or something that he allows her to die. Um, and this is after, this is after I believe Superman is, is brought back. Um, and she's she is dead, which is the charred corpse that we see Superman holding in the in the Snyder Cut. Right. And so this is the breaking point that causes Superman to then join up with um, Darkseid, I believe. I don't know if the anti-life equation is involved right, in right. his brainwashing, but that is that is the jumping off point, which is why I brought up Injustice. That's how that story starts as well, is that um, Superman loses a pregnant Lois Lane to the Joker. Um, and so, yeah, that is the backstory. And so Flash on uh, Flash has to go back in time because Superman has started killing everyone. Like as they show in the movie, all like most of the heroes are dead. Um, and Flash, he can only go back on one day a year when the earth is in the exact right spot. Um, and he goes back in time to warn Batman that he can't trust Superman and that Lois Lane is the key, which he says in Batman versus Superman in, uh, when he comes back to Bruce. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much, uh, and then, um, so after they manage to get through everything and change the future, Bruce sacrifices himself so that Lois can live and that Batman never goes dark. I mean, Superman never goes dark. And then um, Lois Lane has the child. Um, I forget if Superman is made privy to the fact that he is Batman's son, but uh, the kid ends up going to the Batcave and eventually becomes Batman. Um, And I believe that is the end of the Snyder story. Um, and, uh, just to make it just a little bit worse, Zack Snyder has come out and said, um, yeah, Lois Lane is totally pregnant by Bruce Wayne in the movies. We just didn't get to cover it. So, um, ta-da, it's much worse now. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, again, give him a different writer. Lighten it up, right? Call uh, the spider, the Spidey director. What's his name? Watts, right? John uh, Watts. Yeah, get someone else to say, Zach. I get it. It's dark. I understand, but we gotta lighten it up, buddy. Right? I, I can officially say I, I did not know all that. I did not read all that. I can officially yeah. say that I don't need any of that. <laughs> um, you know, you know what I, I'm more looking forward to if they do the Flash movie, bring back Michael Keaton's Batman because he's my favorite by far. Oh yeah, and nice. um, give me Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange any day of the week. Uh, yeah, I don't need I don't need any of that. No thanks. Yeah, I just want to. Uh, uh, it ma- it makes me glad to a degree that um, Warner Brothers put the kibosh on his on his vision because if left unchecked, what 
ruin would this dude cause? I I I, I really do like what he did, and I, I'm very pleased that we all got to see it. I'm very happy. I'm gonna buy it. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm okay now. I, I got it. We all we all got to see it. We got to compare it to the theatrical cut. I'm good now. Let's Which yeah. never happened. Th- this never, was the middle point in the five like, series. It doesn't ever happen. That's true. This is crazy that this happened. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's like it would be like it would be like Disney right now going to Lucas, right? And if and and saying, oh, uh, here's ten billion dollars. Make the Star Wars movies, redo them in your in your vision. Like let's do this the way you want. Like that never never happens. It's so it's amazing that we're able to we'll a, we're able to sit here, go through this and see what he wanted, see the entire vision brought to life. Um, I mean uh, it's a ca- it's a cash grab sure. for Warner Brothers, and it's obviously going to make them a, a really really large sum of money, which is good because I'm glad they made the decision to take a chance and actually do it. But I'm okay now. You don't need to, you don't need to, like I said, I'll watch the Nightmare Secrets, but I don't need any of that that you just said, Etienne. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, man. This, this was the third enough. movie in a five movie series. It was, I know, I know. There's a lot left. <laughs> and as much as I keep liking Batman vs. Superman more, and I will keep watching Justice League, and I'll keep watching everything DC does. I think it's good now. I think John made the good point. Why don't you just let it go like Nolan? Nolan made his trilogy. He he finished it. And right. yeah, it's not you know what you got you got you you got to show them your Justice League. It's okay now. Why don't well, you know, why don't you go do Army of the Dead, what you're doing for Netflix? And let's move on. <laughs> Tonight our sponsor is Herman Law Group PA. They are uh, an immigration law firm that is uh, devoted to all of your potential immigration needs. They are located in Florida, specifically 501 Golden Isles Drive, Hallandale Beach, Florida. Uh, <coughs> contact information is 305-986-1583. And you can check them also out at ermanlawgroup.com. That's U-R-M-A-N lawgroup.com. And <coughs> Ms. Ehrman specifically wanted to reference the fact that uh, she is uh, a, a, an expert in all aspects of immigration law, um, family immigration, business-based immigration, but also specifically she's worked on something that uh, features into our podcast world of Essentially Heroes, Superheroes. Um, she does uh, something called the O visa. Okay, the O-1 visa is specifically individuals with extraordinary abilities and achievement. Those are for uh, prospective um, immigrant visas for individuals who possess extraordinary abilities in the sciences, arts, education, business, or athletics. So that falls into our field, creators, as the three of us are all filmmakers here. And uh, if you have any specific athletic ability or specific artistic ability, she can help. So feel free to contact Galena Ehrman at Ehrman Law Group PA. Once again, 305-986-1583 or ehrmanlawgroup.com. Uh, just to give you some thoughts, I would have liked to have seen... Dar- uh, you, you, you got into the villains. I did like this... St- uh, uh, the Steppenwolf was cool. Uh, I agree with you guys on that, but it would have been neat to see Darkseid fleshed out. Uh, a better actor would have done that, but you needed the scenes. You needed the writing. You need history i don't know bring us a world of apocalypse in a tv show i don't know something uh but i asked you before just to give you some actors who might be in that age range approximately 
by the way, many of them have already been in superhero films, which is tough. You got Costner, right? Who is Superman's dad? Um, Brian Cranston is 65. Gary Oldman is already uh, uh, was uh, Commissioner Gordon in the Nolan verse. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis, <laughs> you can get him. That'd be pretty cool. Sean Penn, just throwing out some older guys for you, Rusty. To <laughs> and or EK, if you uh, have, have thoughts about who could bring Darkseid to a level of uh, villainy that we would actually be attracted to, that we could be, that we could relate to, and say, all right, this is this is something. I have two. One, unfortunately, ah. we wouldn't be able to get anymore because he passed away. Okay. Alan Rickman. Hmm. Die Hard. That could be interesting. Yes, Hans Gruber. <laughs> Hans Gruber. Oh wow. Or um, John Malkovich. <laughs> Hmm. I think John Malkovich could really oh, bring a nice. That's um, interesting. That's interesting. That's yeah. cool. I mean, think hmm. if you ever saw in the Line of Fire, the Clint Eastwood movie where he plays the you know the assassin that wanted to kill the president, he's so oh, yeah. creepy. He's ridiculously oh, yeah. creepy in that. And you need someone to be creepy if you're gonna like compete with Thanos. You know, you want <coughs> if you want to make him truly scary and stuff, you need to bring like a creep factor to that. I think. I always thought. Size-wise, when I used to watch the cartoon, when when just when actually, first time I really saw Darkseid being brought to 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 the level of of who this character is in the the DC world before uh, after the comics um, was in Superman the animated series when he actually kills, he basically leads the charge and the, the, he brings an army to Earth. It's a whole four-part episode or episodic arc, I think. Um, and he kills um, the police general from Metropolis. He takes him out, as is like at the end of it. That's a great series, uh, th- that specific arc. But um, I don't know if he did the voice, but I always thought of Dennis Haysbert as uh, like his size and his voice for it, you know, because yeah. there's so much to that. So, um, he would totally it, work. I agree. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. No, but that, uh, but Malkovich is interesting. And yeah, actually. Don's Cooper would be awesome. <laughs> Dude, Alan yeah, yeah. Rickman is the sheriff of Nottingham <laughs> in freaking Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, who's fantastic at that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, but unfortunately, like to, uh, he's not around anymore. Yeah. Right. Huge loss. Um, but so I guess the one of the last things I'll, I'll bring up here is um, like, yeah, how they sort of added a few characters in to, you know, potentially leave the door open for um what may come next in the in the dceu not necessarily in in snyder's verse but in dc as as a whole like um you know they they slipped the atom in there um i i thought that that was really cool and you know they're they're probably gonna gonna circle back around on that and um either either get him a solo movie or um or bring him into uh, another, you know, movie that that's planned so far because they have a lot of stuff, um, you know, going for for them um, at this point. But uh, but yeah, I, I like seeing Ryan Choi in here, so that was cool. Um, and then you know, obviously we saw we saw like a tiny bit of the Green Lanterns here, and um, you know, expanding the universe that way. Which, uh, which we knew the Green Lanterns were going to be in here and, um, you know, outside of, you know, the Ryan Reynolds version. But 
Um, but they definitely do have big plans for Green Lantern to the point where they changed this movie um, in order to accommodate that. Because I don't know if you guys knew this, but originally um, it was going to be Jon Stewart who was uh, was arriving here in, in this movie instead of Martian Manhunter. And, um, and Warner Brothers made Zack change that because they already had plans for the character. Um, oh, I read that. He won a Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. And so, yeah. um, so I thought that that was really interesting. But, uh, but yeah, speaking of um, Martian Manhunter, so uh, Justin, I, I remember that you said you you liked his his inclusion. Um, and for me, I thought I thought it was cool that um, you know they they managed to get him in because that was something that they they cut out of the original movies. Like the the general character had had showed up um a few times in in the previous movies and now they finally like made the reveal um yeah but i will say that that sort of stands to raise a few more questions than the hype that it's built for the character because so basically by making the introduction here and now um, they're basically saying that Green, that Martian Manhunter didn't decide to like come help until, you know, all the like big threats were actually gone. So he kind of just sat by and watched Zod, you know, show up and do his thing. And then he watched Doomsday show up and do his thing. And then he basically watched the world end, um, you know, under, under Darkseid. And, um, and then after all is said and done, he's like, Hey guys, I'm here too. And I'm, and I'm ready to help. Um, so it kind of raises the question of like, well, why did he just sit back and watch all those people die? Um, so that was my only issue with it. Um, like, why are you, why are you hanging out with Lois Lane when, when everyone else is over in Russia trying to save the planet? So that, I think they could have implemented that a little bit smoother. Um, but yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll let think, you guys comment. Do you think it would have been stronger? I mean, do you think it would have been stronger if they didn't have him at the very end in the epilogue and they just had him, um, do the lowest lane scene, which would just lead the audience to believe that he does interject himself when he needs to, but he keeps himself more secret, more hidden. Do you think it would have been stronger that way? Because I, I think it could have probably been stronger if you just had the, his introduction at that scene and not had him at the end. Um, because yeah. you make a very good point. I actually didn't think about it, but now that I'm thinking about it, you make a very good point that what has he been doing? <laughs> right, know, right. He's, been he's, going down. he's completely crowbarred in. It's not, it was unnecessary. Yeah. I, I thought it was unnecessary. Yeah. I thought it took yeah. away from and it, actually. And Martian Manhunter is such a cool, powerful character that he Absolutely. really... He really yeah. could have. He's strong as Superman. So much more helpful across the board. So honestly, Etienne, you make a, a excellent point. And now I think that I didn't mind it, but I think it probably would have been stronger if they just left him with the lowest lane scene and did not have him come at the end. Right. Because right. Yeah, then, I think then it mm-hmm. leads the people to believe that he's just interjecting. He is doing his part the way he thinks is right, but he does it by by pushing people in the right direction. Versus right. actually like showing up and fighting Doomsday or something, which some people can could you know 
be like, okay, well, that's how he's doing his part. Right. Which is more acceptable <laughs> than you're right. Now I feel like Earth is a place I have I, I should fight for. Meanwhile, I've been living here for years, and all of a sudden there's huge destruction going on, and heroes are all <laughs> over the place. And, yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting. I really didn't think about that when I watched the when I watched the movie. Yeah, yeah, it, it felt very last minute, which, I mean, obviously it was because this was a whole... Um, you know, thing that they set up after the fact, but, um, but yeah, you're right. I, I think that they should have established basically just a reason why he's not willing to just come out and, and help more like just, just a line somewhere where he's like, um, I can't get involved with these humans or, um, I have my own mission to accomplish just anything, something that just sure. gives sure. him some form of, um, you know, just some just some reasoning if they wanted to include him more they could include him more and um i'm I'm gonna do another like tiny little rewrite here and see what you guys think but um (laughs) so if they wanted to really get him involved in the story what if he after superman had died what if he came in as a new superman looking like Clark. and impregnated Lois Lane <laughs> yeah yeah and they make a, a, a Martian hybrid <laughs> superhero Batman and now, Superman's t- and now Superman goes to Mars and is like you know what Mars is over that's it we're done <laughs> <laughs> exactly um yeah no like yeah if he if he came in and you know he was pretending to be Superman and you know the world doesn't know that he's dead but Batman and Lois know that that's not Superman, um, which you know is is a very prevalent theme in the Death of Superman comics that they released, where after Superman um, was killed by Doomsday, um, or they they killed each other, there were all these other Supermen that popped up to take his place, and um, especially with the um, Cyborg Superman and the Eradicator, like people were like, oh, is that Superman? Is that Superman? Because they look exactly alike, but um right. it's actually not and lois can tell um and so i thought that if they wanted to do it then yeah they could have imp- implemented him that way and then you know he they uh they gather the team and then they find out that it's not actually superman it was martian manhunter all along um and then at that point i think he would have had to been more involved in the story um but you know, I and then they would have had to rework it, but I think that that would have been a cool thing to do because, especially since Martian Manhunter has all of Superman's powers and more, um, he could he could one hundred percent do that, and so that's like an interesting like little twist on it. So, so that that was <clears throat> my little thing that I would have done if they were like, okay, we absolutely have to have Martian Manhunter in here and doing something. Rusty, another well. I would I would sign up for that. That would be cool because you know what John Johns has those powers and more, so he could certainly emulate Superman mm-hmm. better than it's, most people. It's John. Could. It's John Johns. Okay, please, John, John Johns. <laughs> well, you. not in this movie apparently, because he goes by no. many names. <laughs> uh, I am. But, uh, oh, go ahead, Rusty. I'm sorry. Oh no, all I was going to say is to to piggyback off of that a little bit. Did. Actually, you know what? Never mind on that. But what I was thinking was, 
the whole time he's the general, right? He's the general in the army. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So was that his mission? To fully assimilate into the human race and take a more subdued yet could be perceived as heroic role? I think you're reaching. It's not a bad it's not a bad mission, I agree. He's got to stick yeah. to the mission, and that, and and as the Martian manhunter, manhunter, that's what he's got to do. That's it. Yeah. Don't stray from the mission. It's like uh, it's like the cosmic beings that we know of in Marvel, right? The Watcher right. never never right. interact. Maybe he's that, but okay, so um, I'm probably reaching, but I could see that as being an interpretation. Going back to what Etienne was proposing. Sure, sure, sure. I just that's think it was a, that's certainly it was, a viable rewrite. What's that? Sorry. Yep. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. Yeah, yeah. Or, or finish no, no. Up. I was just going to say yeah. that I, I think that Etienne's. Um, possible rewrite of the Martian Manhunter inclusion into the Justice League would work much better and I think much probably much stronger in the grand scheme of how that whole storyline could play out if he would take over Superman. I am uh, I'm a big fan I'm a big fan of a couple different concepts in in superheroes uh, in in sci-fi action adventure some of those are uh, time travel was always major for me. Uh, Endgame was fantastic with that. Uh, Avengers, rather. Uh, 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 cloning. And, and, and uh, when you've got duplicate characters like that, when you've got a character who's, who's, who's donning the, the, the garb and taking on the mantle of somebody else. I love that, actually. And it's, it's, it's very interesting to see something like that. Uh, that's why I did love when, when Superman is killed. You're talking about the Eradicator and... Uh, um, um, uh, the, you've, You've got Forge. You've got, uh, not Forge. What's the uh, metal guy? Oh, what, what, I forgot what his name is. Uh, Steel. Yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, the young Superman. It's awesome. Superboy basically comes in. Um, th- it reminds me of your rewrite with Marshall Manhunter coming in. Reminds me of an episode of also Superman the Animated Series, which I absolutely love. Absolutely love where Batman goes missing for a period of time. And Superman is actually doubling. He's being Superman. He's doing his. He's he's he's, he's maintaining his duties in Metropolis, and also he's coming to Gotham, wearing the bat suit and rocking and like doing everything Batman does basically for a few days to to like a week until Robin and people pick up on it and starts a. It's a it's a it's a fantastic episode. So I, I certainly uh, that's appealing to me <laughs> very much. So I like it. But, yeah, uh, they yeah. could do a whole movie on it. Honestly, like <laughs> sure. that that should have been Man of Steel two, is uh or yeah, it, it could easily be Man of Steel two following Batman awesome. versus Superman, yeah. um, right. which <laughs> follows like the rebirth of Superman, and then you know then they would have to basically rewrite the Justice League movie, um, that would come after that. But you know, I I think that that would be pretty interesting. And then it, it'll really focus on Martian Manhunter and learning what it means to be human and what type of hero he wants to be um, through the eyes of Superman, who is said to be the most human out of all of us. Um, so, so yeah, that was that. That's just what I think, it, which would be pretty interesting to see. I think the ending. I think that scene in the epilogue would have been stronger if it was a Green Lantern. Now that I'm yeah. thinking about it again, I yeah, it would have been stronger <clears throat> if it were if it were John Stewart or even they brought um, Hal Jordan in. Even because I know I did read something that Zack Snyder thought about bringing Ryan Reynolds in, 
<laughs> and making him the cameo too. I would have loved that to be honest. Yeah. That would have been so fun. But uh, I think it, yeah, it would have been stronger. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Um. So like yeah. It. So yeah. I. Uh, I mean, I. I pretty much covered everything that. Uh, that I have with this movie, but I guess to summarize, um, it's better. It's an improvement on the Joss Whedon cut. Uh, it does. Uh, much better things with the characters, um, especially Cyborg um, and the Flash. It uh, it makes a much more interesting ending to the movie. Like the climax is is way better, um, you know, because in the original it's pretty flaccid. You know, the um, I think uh, was it Steppenwolf like loses. And then his his fear smell makes the parademons like like eat him or, or something. It's it's very it's very lackluster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, in this like there's a big climax and they team up more. Like, um, Wonder Woman and Aquaman like use their powers together, which was really cool to see. Um, and then yeah, they make the final stand and they toss the the head and the body back through the gateway. And they're like, Dark Side, you want it? Come get it. And that's way better. Um, so the climax is way better. Um, and yeah, it, it just felt like much more of a well put together movie. So I would, in my opinion, I would raise Justice League from, with the Snyder Cut, I would raise it from a uh, D to a C plus. That's where I'm standing. All right. We know Rusty's going to buy it. <laughs> is, that, is that both of them? Is that the, the taking both of them into account? The Josh Whedon cut and the Zack Snyder cut? Well, the, the, the Whedon cut is, is a D and then the Snyder cut is a C plus. Like it's, it's right there to being like amazing but there's so many like there's so much stuff in there that sort of like like it's like why was it done that way so like um i guess to get into the why category that i alluded to at the beginning so you know there's there's all these moments where it turns into like a cute little music video for the characters um you know aquaman taking you're talking shirt about off and you're talking about the theatrical the theatrical version in the Snyder Cut. Oh, Snyder Cut. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah there, there are so many mu moments where it turns into like a cute little music video and slow-mo um, for not I can't really stand any those. particular reason. <laughs> yeah. I cannot stand him as a, a music director when it comes to picking music for his films. I yeah. do not. They, they, there is, every time it is this slow-mo moment of, of, of seriousness it's not necessary. Every, yeah. He does it every time. Mm -hmm. It's not, and, and, I, and I get it. Once in a while, in a superhero film or, or or a fantasy film, an action film, all right, bring in that. Uh, what's the famous Johnny Cash song? I hurt myself. All right, fine. Like one time, not mm -hmm. every time. <laughs> he yeah. does it every time, multiple. And times. I noticed this because I, I, you, uh, Rusty, you were saying before this that you watched. Uh, uh, all the you watch the Avengers, the the two movies prior to this, uh, or af, I guess after Justice League Snyder Cut, 
I've also been going back and seeing some stuff, and I watched uh, uh, um, uh, my girlfriend wanted to see the Avengers, the the, the full, the, the number one. So I'm watching it, and I'm realizing opening, when Iron Man starts, 2008, okay, um, he comes in and ACDC's playing, right? And that's the that's the, the 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 motion picture soundtrack is that's the that's the that's the music. I don't think Iron Man picked that. I don't think Tony Stark was picking that when he's showing off those weapons in the opening scene, two thousand eight, right. right? Iron Man number one. Tony Stark, however, adopts that music in the Avengers when he comes on the scene to fight Loki in Berlin. He comes in and on the radio all of a sudden, like you got Black Widow, and she's in the plane. She's in one of those jets. And then all of a sudden, ACDC comes on the radio. He's like, oh, it's Tony Stark. Great, it's Iron Man. Like, that's how significant this music is for superheroes or our movies that we're watching. No, not for Schneider. <laughs> I loved, I missed, I missed that moment. Um, I mean... It was the, it's the same scene where Aquaman saves the the, the ship or he say uh, the, the the ship's about to go under he saves the sailor brings him in gets drink in the bar and then he walks out and then it's this somber like song king here comes the kingdom never heard it I'm like what is this why is why this is not what Aquaman would be listening to why are we <laughs> having to listen to this we want to listen to Aquaman rocking out you know like yeah um totally different song and I get it okay different Whedon I understand but not yeah yeah uh, so thank you for bringing that up i forgot about that i wrote it here uh in my notes but uh but yeah 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 no it's it's, it's very noticeable and just it just feels like very <laughs> self-indulgent uh a lot of times it's like all right pick up the pace um and then yeah it also felt like very egregious with the the flash scene as well because it felt sort of like a copy of the quicksilver scenes in the fox x-men movies um, which I'm not sure if that was intentional or not, but, um, that's, that's immediately where my head went and it kind of took me out of it. So, um, so yeah, that, that's why I brought that up. It's like, it's not like a huge deal, but it's like, you didn't have to do that. Um, and I think somebody calculated it and I believe 10% of this movie is in slow motion, um, of the entire <laughs> runtime. I think ten percent, ten percent of Schneider's actual life is in slow motion. If you, if you walk through what he does, I assume that part of his day, every day, is that in some way, shape, or form. So he yeah. tries it out on his own to see how it's going to look or feel. Yeah, you know, he's he's just he's yeah. just, that's just how he's living, you know. Um, yep. Yep. And uh, and yeah, and then there are also other choices where, like I said, they don't detract from the movie, but it's like, why is that that way? So, for example, with this movie being in four three aspect ratio, um, yeah, which which was puzzling in its own respect. Yeah, because it's like, well, none of us which, have a which four was... three screen. Ah. <laughs> right. And yeah, I'm I, I'm just I wondering. Yeah, wondering, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I I know it was his vision, but I don't really understand why he picked four three. Unless he was really trying to make us feel like we were watching like an old Saturday morning cartoon uh, I, or something, yeah. you know, on our old TVs we used to have when we were kids, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I have to definitely agree with you that, and that's why he can be very polarizing is he is heavy handed with the slow motion and he's heavy, heavy handed with the CGI. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. 
And that's something that does bother me. It's something that bothered me in Batman vs Superman. Man of Steel had less of it, but I also feel that Christopher Nolan had a much more on set, you know, say in what was happening in Man of Steel because mm-hmm. he was a direct producer. And you know, coming off the the Nolan trilogy, which is much more realistic, we didn't get as much of the CGI in Man of Steel. Whereas Batman vs Superman, it's heavy, heavy CGI. Like you said, John, there's tons of rain. There's all, it's all dark. There's it's every there's, time everything is CGI. Yep. yep. Justice League definitely felt the same way to me. I accepted it because I wanted to see Zack Snyder's vision. I know he's heavy handed with that stuff. But going after that and watching Avengers Infinity War, which also has a heavy amount of CGI because it has to because you're dealing with Thanos course, course. and everything. It's it's a bit off-putting sometimes to watch the way Zack Snyder does it versus the way like the Russo brothers did it. Mm, of course, you know, where they peppered in more realism into the scenes. And I think, me personally, I prefer a heavier amount of realism with CGI put in where it's necessary versus creating an entire universe of nothing but CGI and then every action scene has slow motion. And rain. And rain. And rain, yeah. Devastating, (laughs) pouring rain. (laughs) And as you said, and brooding and darkness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Um, mean, it's, 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 uh, what's the song that Batman in in Lego Batman sings? Like, uh, uh, he he sings his whole life in one song and it's, it's hysterically funny. But he's but but Schneider is basically saying, "Hey, that's great. Let's make this an adult film out of that song. Let's do exactly that." Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, sometimes I wonder if if Zack Snyder is jealous um, of Eric Kripke for making the thing that he wanted to make because and doing it so much better because Eric Kripke made the boys, and that is like I would say by definition, a much darker property sure. than anything that Snyder has put together, but it's just done so much more skillfully um, in terms Perfect of like example. where you've to got, add it in. You've got, Ro- they've got Rogan. They've got, they've got the, 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 one of the greatest comedy experts of our time, you mm-hmm. know, who is writing that stuff in a guy who made, and he didn't, he, was he in Green Hornet? Did he make Green Hornet? You're, what was that? I, I never, yeah, I he, never he was it. in I was Green Hornet. Yeah. He was in it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he, the, 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 he's got he's got it all. So per, perfect combination of two guys or two uh, 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 filmmakers here who come together to make something that is serious, dark as shit, also charming and funny. It's also it also has yeah. it has its moments of love. It's got levity. It's got uh, you know. There's also sunlight. It doesn't rain in every scene. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. No <laughs> yeah. weird. Uh, no weird storms. No uh, weird color grades which i don't know if you guys noticed but they made this movie grayer than the original version as well on purpose um yes yes i saw it in you see it in the um when they fight superman in that scene Mm -hmm. the the lack of the pet cemetery stuff but yeah you see it there yeah they, 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 they squeeze just that little bit more color out of there which Zack snyder's vision um and um and then, yeah, I don't know if you guys heard. I'm pretty sure there's another cut of it coming out, or it might already be out, where it's 
black and white yeah <laughs> the black and white version yes, yes, it's literally yes. no color yeah, it is out <laughs> <laughs> i actually told I, I told my wife i was like you know what because I, I want to watch it again and i said i think i'm gonna watch the gray version she's like what is that and i said it's the black and white version she goes you're gonna watch that whole movie in black and white <laughs> and i'm like well i mean i need to watch it again anyway so yeah i guess i'll watch the black and white version <laughs> but i can't really uh, i can't really imagine it's gonna um add, change anything yeah add to it yeah you know, if anything, I think I, I, I would rather see the color. Right. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, just, just choices where it's like, why? But, um, but yeah, I, I just to, <laughs> just as like, I guess kind of rounded out the reason why, um, the boys work so much better than this is because those characters were made for that. Like these characters were, they're, right. they're, they're satires of the justice league but they're specifically made to to do these things so like we don't have this preconceived notion of them re- what we do but it's not to the point where it's like upsetting when we when we see these characters deviate from their like i guess visual archetypes so um so i i think that that's just the biggest thing that is uh to sum up the Snyderverse was that there's a lot of cool moments but there's so many that deviate from what we want well at least a lot of us want from the characters and that's what sort of makes a lot of it um off-putting and uh and hard to watch sometimes i i think that's pretty spot on i think you're right yeah. about it i and i think what i enjoy about the whole Snyderverse and all of them and like I said, with my multiple rewatching of Batman vs Superman, is that it really does have a lot of fun moments. It has a lot of good spots. It has a lot of cool aspects to it. But there's flaws, and there's a lot of flaws in it. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of flaws in a lot of his films. That I think that's why fans were polarized by a lot of it in the beginning. But now they just rally. They're rallying behind him, which I'm happy. Because at least we all got to see this now. Yeah. So at least we get to see exactly what he intended, which, as you guys pointed out, is a very rare thing. Most studios would have never been like, "Well, we well we kind of fucked up." Excuse my language. Sorry. We kind of messed up, and we shouldn't have. Uh, we shouldn't have done that. And this is not a. Uh, this is not a podcast for children. <laughs> yeah. But never. Know. This but, is being recorded at, at at almost one a.m. now at this point. So yeah, East Eastern East Coast time. <laughs> I was doing so good at not dropping f bombs because I wasn't sure. Doing better than Batman. Hey, Batman could do it. Why can't you? Apparently, <laughs> I, you know what? Fair point. Fair point. But, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. Yeah, for, for me, yeah, yeah. Like I'm gl- I'm glad that this exists so that we know we know for a fact like what it would have been um or like what it was intended to be and yeah if, if we don't end up getting more then you know i'm not gonna lose sleep over it i've i've seen i've seen the snyderverse and i you know if it continues sure let's see what else but if not i'm not gonna lose sleep over it I wonder if this wouldn't have come to fruition without COVID. The fact that we're all home, the fact that I mean, there's so many people at home watching TV, watching more TV than anything, streaming left and right, you know, I well, mean, uh, everybody and their mother watched WandaVision and Mandalorian, you know, I mean, like, uh, but I also wonder, and I'm 100% that person, as much as I love my HBO shows, I never had an HBO streaming 
Um, I got HBO Max to watch Justice League right. once I knew right. it was coming out. I 100% subscribed to it to watch Justice League. Sure, sure. So, As did sure. 1.6 million out of the 1.8. How many yeah, people were I'm like, ah, sh- oh, I can't wait Warner, to see. Uh, same. Warner Brothers, they were banking on people like me that were going to be like, you know what? We need something huge besides HBO because, you know, you have your HBO people. Um, we need something huge to really get people to link in. And, oh, we have friends. Yeah, we all, right. you know, people love friends, but that's not going to bring in. You need yeah. something special. And well, well, don't they, they, they just, have? They don't, they, don't, don't, they have don't they? Don't they have Sex in the City? Is, it, is that HBO? They right. do. They do, and they okay. have Rick and Morty as well. Listen, so, okay, I mean, right, yeah. right. They, they have their stuff, but yes, they needed course. that secret project that was really going to link people in, and I think mm-hmm. that's why Warner Brothers like, you know what? Maybe we will just do this. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. They, they have a lot of heavy hitters coming out, even outside of of DC. They have um, they have Godzilla versus Kong. Um, coming out this month they have Mortal Kombat also um, they have the Matrix 4 um, they they have all these like really heavy hitting um, titles Suicide Squad is going to Suicide Squad's coming theaters. we're right. going to be doing a reaction we've got a Suicide Squad video coming on this podcast very soon in the next uh, few days so keep an eye out for and it by, yeah. I'm just going to say the trailer looks looks excellent and awesome it's going awesome. to be a lot of fun I think yeah Justin, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today on this DC adventure that we took. Gentlemen, I, I really appreciate you having me. This was a great movie for me to want to discuss with you guys, and I'm very happy you asked me to join. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's all. Thank it's you. Always thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we look forward to uh, appearing on your pod one of these days soon enough. You will. I have an idea now. What I'm nice. going to do, maybe, if I can't find an obscure superhero-esque horror movie, I'm going to find a movie directed by a guy who is who is already elevated up to the superhero standard, like Adam Wingard, who directed Godzilla vs. Kong. We're actually doing one of his first films on the next episode of my podcast. Oh, okay. Which okay. was a horror movie about a serial killer. So, Very cool. maybe Very cool. that's a way to get you guys on our podcast is to find a connection to the superheroes, but not, because I'm having trouble finding a good, obscure, superhero-esque, unless we do the Giver, which I don't know if you guys want to do the Giver. Um, is that the, the animated half one? The half um, superhero with Mark Hamill. Oh. Um, the what? I, I missed that part? What was that? It's called the Giver. Okay, I, I, I got. About, I know about the, the anime premise. version, but I don't know the live action. Yeah, one. It's, it's it's based off the anime. It's based off the anime. I did think about doing that, and I actually mentioned it to Chris. I'm like, the Giver's one that's kind of superhero, but has horror elements to it. Right. Maybe we could have them on for that. But now I think I'm going to change it, and I'll find a way to connect it to a superhero director, like Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, who did Spider Man, I'm in trilogy, ahead, and now man. he's what? doing Doctor Strange. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, David Sandberg, <laughs> who did Shazam, you know, started out with Lights Out. Um, and uh, we'll, get you, we'll, the we'll fan, make this happen very that's soon. Right, that's we'll right. That's right. And the fan, the fans don't know, but uh, also Rusty uh, is uh, an actor in an episode of my uh, series that's going to be uh, releasing soon enough. Once we finish that episode, <laughs> so he is a superhero himself. He plays a hero himself, who may or may not be killing people. So. I was actually looking at pictures the other day, and I came across that picture with the makeup and everything. That was fun. That's cool. It's uh, you're in our reel, as a matter of fact. So, 
Awesome. Thank yep, you. Yep, yep. Thank you. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <Chats> included. <laughs> no, but I, I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on for this. This was awesome. <laughs> thank I'm glad you, that thank I got you. to talk this movie out with you guys and to process some thoughts on it because there's a lot to process in a four-hour movie. Oh yeah, I'm that processing. Is. I'm processing all kinds of possible script with Hans Gruber as Dark Side now. <laughs> it's going through. I'm telling you, man. Another. What does he say? Another victim of a failed generation, John Wayne. <laughs> I, I prefer. I prefer Superman. <laughs> so thank you, thank you. Could do it though. Yeah. Could do it. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's a great. It's a great call on that. Uh, thank you, thank you, folks. Uh, tune in for uh, we've got some other pods coming up very soon. Uh, at the end, referenced Suicide Squad, and also, of course, Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming at you on a podcast. Essentially, heroes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we got a yeah. lot more cool stuff coming on, so stay with us for the ride, folks. So, uh, yeah, if you made it this far, thank you so much. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. Let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. And, um, and yeah, stay tuned for the next one. Hello there. This is the Essentially Heroes Digital Assistant, Phoebe. Congratulations. You've made it to the end of the Snader Cut Review Podcast. Unless you started with this episode, in which case you can check out part one where we covered a lot more of the positives. But really, who starts with a part two? You must be a real engine of destruction, and I kind of like that.